I'm Alexandra Leguin. This is Mindset Unfiltered. I had a fantastic day last week at the Autosport International Show up at the NEC in Birmingham, interviewing a plethora of very interesting minds, including this one, Gus Greensmith, who after his amazing World Rally Championship debut last year, has recently made the step up from WRC2 to drive nine rounds of the 2020 official WRC season for M Sport. His meticulous approach to his professional life is quite astonishing. Raw talent, endless passion, undeterred determination and total dedication are among the components to become a world champion and Gus genuinely oozes them all. My man, Rupert Manwaring, P1 coach, is Gus's sports coach. So over the last six months, I've gotten to know Gus as a friend too. And in addition to all of the attributes I just listed, I can add that he is a very nice and very humble gentleman too. Gus starts off by telling us about his journey into the world of rally. Before we begin, let me apologise for the problems in sound. Obviously, filming at a show like that is very difficult to find a quiet spot. Enjoy. No, it's been um, it's been pretty um, pretty short. I only started rallying about four years ago. Uh, quickly went kind of through the ranks, uh, and then all of a sudden last year I was doing um, like the occasional WRC event to kind of trial me out, and then I ended up doing more. And one of one of them came in Finland. Uh, I had a week's notice that I was going to be driving the WRC car, and I had to make it work in that week's time. So changing a mindset and changing the way you prepare is for me is quite difficult because I'm so strict in my routine of how I prepare for every rally and it varies depending on a rally but generally the same format is is basically this I never drink three weeks before a rally uh, I'm obviously on now with with uh, with uh, as you'll know Rupert um, training so hard all the time and then we have all the preparation in terms of the pace notes. So for me, a minimum is I have to watch every stage with the notes six times. So I can never watch it any less than that. Uh, I can watch it more, but for me, the minimum is six times. Uh, and basically, that's how I kind of format going into each rally. I focus on different things each time. But when it's such a late call-up like it was last year in, in Finland, it completely changes the dynamics because I was preparing for WRC too. I wasn't preparing for, for WRC. So to adapt a mindset so quickly is quite difficult. But we somehow made it work last year just by cramming it in a lot of space time and then trying to not be overwhelmed by what was happening and just allowing myself a little bit of time before the rally. Uh, so the two days before the rally, I did no work, nothing. I did no training, no work, no nothing. We, we went and got in Jessica's boat. We went off into the lakes near the rally and we didn't do anything. And that was like the mental reset I needed to okay. be able to produce what was at the time a really good performance. Do you enjoy being challenged so much in mental and physical way um, the mental part for me has always been it's not anymore but for me from the beginning it was always the most important part if your head's in the right place you're always going to perform no matter what if you've got the talent everything else just works um, so for me the mental side of it is the most or was the most important part uh, so I always saw the, it, bit, the, the bit that makes the biggest difference to yes, your performance yeah. right it's, the, the fitness is, is uh, you can make small gains and over time, as you get fitter and fitter, body fat goes down over the weekend, it makes a difference and you probably don't, won't realise how much of a difference it makes. But um, the mental aspect can, if you get that wrong, it can completely ruin a weekend before you even started. 
Uh, so I've always seen a sports psychologist since I was in karting at the age of 15. Oh, wow. Um, so for me, I've seen uh, few, two different. Uh, the one I'm working with at the moment is called, uh, a guy called Don McPherson. Yeah. Um, works with lots of top, top athletes, especially in rugby and most sport. And I've worked I've, ever since then. It's Everything goes well. And for me, if I get the mental side in, accompanied now by what I've been doing with, with Rupert and Sam and, and people at Hintzer, it's, it's a winning combo. Wow. That's quite impressive. At 15, so that was sure how many years ago now? What are you? Uh, eight years ago. Eight years ago. So actually, people weren't... I'd say that was sort of when uh, mental preparation or the, the understanding of mindset and mental attitude in sport became, like, definitely grew, but it was still quite a relatively unknown part of it, I think. So what? how did that come about? Uh, well, I was brought up in very much a, a business uh, family. Um, there's, a, there's a lot going on uh, within within the groups that... Um, Crown Oil and, and Gap and everything. So for me, the the mental aspect was always really important. Having always keeping your nerve, always maintaining. I, I just it just fed from my dad. Uh, so I learned a lot from him. And then obviously the sports aspect wasn't his forte. And we, I decided and we decided that it was probably a good idea for me to go and see someone uh, to make sure I always have the edge. I don't lose that edge. And I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I go into every rally completely 100% focused. You have some that are better than others. Some that don't work, but. It's about when something does go wrong, being able to come back from it. Yeah. Uh, prime example being Turkey last year. Uh, we had a, a huge lead going into the final day. Um, we had a, an electrical failure in the car and I was distracted. It made no difference to how the car was performing, but all of a sudden I had no display on the steering wheel and I was looking around trying to see if something maybe switch had knocked. And then by the time I'd looked up, I'd misheard the pace and I slid wide and we rolled over the finish line of the, of the penultimate stage. Um, and, then in the, and then we had basically what was like the maddest 90 minutes of my life what followed. We had to pull this car out of what was, drive it out of what was an, almost an, a ravine of an impossible ditch to get out of. Um, I used just, I just had to just, it was pure panic. There was no denying that it was anything more than panic. But the way I was able to process the thought only came about through the amount of time I prepared for when something does go wrong. You just have to think, you just have got to be logical, just think step by step by step. We got out of the ditch, we got driving on the road, but then we had a puncture. But the jack which lifts the car to change the wheel had snapped in the crash. So then we had to drive into a ditch, so front right, to lift the rear of the car to change the wheel, to then get all the way to the stage in time, and then to go about, about repairing all the electrical issues that we had in the car, which we had to do to start the next stage, uh, which we managed to do. And then I had to go and hold what was then reduced down to a 28-second lead uh, with a car which had a crushed exhaust, so no power, and get across the line. So it takes time but this is when I think the mental preparation does make the difference because instead of being flustered and yeah it was screamy shouty how do I get this fixed how do I do this how do I do that but it was rational thought going into it and I still think that's what allowed me to win Turkey because most people would have given up and and for me I just thought if I do this rationally I can logically think my way out of this situation what sort of uh, what sort of things do you put in place I and mean, I guess now it's become a little bit more second nature to you but what sorts of things have you learned to, put, to, put the, to make those building blocks so that you do react in the right way or, or let it go quickly um, I don't see I think one of the worst things that someone can do is hold in emotions um, obviously poker face is pretty much what I do my entire life but sometimes things happen and you can't 
you, sometimes you just need to have a bit of a like a bang of the steering wheel at the end of the stage if you've done something right and then you go right okay I'm angry I'm done we reset we go again uh, but generally yeah it's about preparing preparing everything to become a second nature like like in the way that the training the physical training is working at the moment it's becoming second nature that I wake up in the morning I go train I eat this time I eat this I eat that it's, it's the same principle just a different aspect of my performance um, and so it's simple things like watching your the, the second hand of your watch and just counting around one two three four five breath one two three four five breath things like that you can't obviously do that in a situation but you can you're almost for me I felt like I was subconsciously doing it anyway as I was logically working out how to go from from point A which was in crashed in a ditch to then going to point B uh, which was uh, winning the rally one of um, the drivers that I had an interview with uh, recently um, uses an awful lot of triggers before a race, for example, and he's got triggers that he has on his arm and stuff like that, where he will almost map out and, and there's all sorts of association techniques that he uses. Is there anything like that that you put in place before a rally? Um, it, used to be, um, it used to be a factor, uh, especially in karting. Um, but as the maturity comes with age, um, things change a little bit. For me, it's it's no good if you get to the event and you're trying to put yourself in the right mindset. For me, I have to be in the right mindset two weeks before I get to the event. And then I just need to... And basically, all I do is reinforce that mindset over the two weeks before. I see no reason in why you should have to, for me personally, have to look at your arm to no. justify to yourself that one, which is usually you're good enough or you need to calm yourself down or yeah. you need to rev yourself up. I, for me, if you're looking at it on the event, it's too late. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the two weeks before. If you're in the mindset before, there shouldn't be a reason why you fall out of it. Okay, something disastrous happens. You're leading the race. Uh, you have an issue with the car. You fall back down. That's shit. That's, that life happens. It, you can't do anything that's out of your control. What you do is how you respond to it. And that's why you find people like Sebastian Auger. They make the best of a bad situation. And they end up winning the championships because they do. That's, that's the difference and that's what you're setting yourself up for it's not always about being the absolute best because like I said before I have good rallies I have bad rallies mentally but it's about being as good as you can be all the time and when something does go wrong you have to be second nature not thinking shit it's over you've got to be thinking right okay it's happened how can I make this better how, how can I salvage something from the weekend and then it's, it's just basic maths points make prizes yeah. that's what you have to think about especially in rallying have you ever had any moments where you've not been quite so on it mentally and and, <clears throat> and how do you react to that? Um, there was one good example this year, Finland, uh, we had a great first day. Uh, this was the second time in WRC car for me. Uh, we were, okay, the pace of the, the forward package wasn't where we wanted it to be, but in comparison to my teammate and how little time I had to prepare, the rally was going really well. As the rally went on, kind of things kind of settled down and we went into the last day. And for me, I changed my mindset to because uh, we had a crash in uh, Sardinia I wanted just to finish the rally and my mindset changed from being optimising my performance to finishing the rally and next thing you know I'm thinking about something else and off I miss my braking was straight into the trees um, so for me that's an ex uh, a mistake that I made but I won't let allow it to happen again uh, but sometimes you're just not on it and sometimes it happens as a human we all make mistakes but that is a good example of when you let your guard slip when you just think, right, okay, let's just get to the end. It's, for me, that should, you should never let that happen. Have you always been like it? Like, even before you started working with a, a sports psychologist, were you like it as a child at school growing up as um, well? I suppose I was, um, I was competitive anyway. 
before I was in karting, I was uh, as a goalkeeper uh, briefly for Manchester City before I changed. So I've always been competitive. I hate losing. Um, losing, if you, if you, the thing that would would drive me mad uh, is losing if I hadn't done everything that I could have done yeah. to to have been there. Uh, which was like the last thing of my of my arsenal that I needed to perf- well not perfect but make there was the fitness and I've been on that and I've, as Rupert will tell you I've done absolutely everything I can have done I couldn't have done anymore uh, so yeah as a kid I was always if I didn't win I was a moody little brat probably <laughs> but I think that's what makes winners um, I've always wanted to be a winner I've never I've never had an aspiration to be normal yeah I've never had any aspiration just to do something to get by it's if you're going to do something I want to do it to be good yeah to be remembered by hopefully eventually if, if I put everything together um, and that's kind of what motivates me it's not the other aspects I'd just like to be the best in the world hopefully one day at something do you take this approach out of racing as well out of rallying as well um, is, it, is it something that you have in normal life uh, yes yes and no um Yes, because everything's so methodical in the way I plan out the training, the psychology, everything else that goes with it uh, in preparation to event. Uh, but then when I'm outside of rallying, it's, there is no talk of rallying unless it's the work I'm right. doing. Um, I go home, I see the dogs, I see my family. Uh, I spend so time you're able to unwind, to you're able off, yeah. to switch off. Um, it, yeah. it would, I would completely burn out if I just did running all the time, mm. nothing else. Uh, and that's not a healthy way to be. You have to have other interests, thankfully for me, my favourite thing in life is is my dogs. I love dogs, love anything to do with animals. Yeah. So that's a great way to come home after a rally and just switch off, just have a little while, go for a walk, and that's perfect for me. But uh, given give me a day or two switching my mind off, I'm immediately ready to start again. Yeah, yeah, you get that, but you're ready to reset. Um, when you were, were growing up, and probably now, did you have any idols or heroes that you could wanted to measure yourself against um, it's, uh, I've always been asked this like who is your idol I don't really have any idols because it sounds almost arrogant and cocky but I would like to one day be an idol to someone yeah. else doesn't mean I don't have any obviously Sebastian Loeb is, is mine um, he's the greatest driver in my opinion that's ever lived uh, and it's still surreal that I'm going to be racing against him yeah. It's like to me, he's, he 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 was he's just incredible. Uh, Would but, you say that he's um, a brilliant driver because he has the qualities that you're that you work on as well? So I is think, he mentally yeah. and physically? Well, he's mentally. He was a gymnast, so he's already physically very fit. Uh, mentally, you're not a nine-time world champion by being mentally unstable or not mentally prepared. So clearly, he had the entire package, uh, which is something I would like to emulate. I'd like to do things my own way. Yeah. Uh, for, for me I might win uh, my first world title and that might be enough I might want to pack it in I, I don't really know um, I'm just giving it everything I've got and then seeing where it all takes me do you feel successful? Um, not to where I want to be uh, I think in the space of time I've actually been involved in the sport I think we have been um, but for me there's a lot more than, uh, a lot more to come from me myself especially the changes that have happened in the past four months um, I've never been this fit. Uh, I've never been this mentally prepared before. Uh, so I think this is like, I've almost decided that 2020 onwards is kind of the second chapter of, of my motorsport career. Everything else has been done well before, but now everything's been done perfectly. 
uh, and now this is the uh, this is my chance to prove exactly how good I can be. Yeah, it's like you've been making the building blocks have led you up to now. Now you can really start to put it all together. Um, you've lost a significant amount of weight. Just talk us about your physical journey. Uh, so uh, the initial offer for the WRC this year came straight after Rally Finland in um, August, it was. And they said to me, um, okay, this is what you can do. Um, there's some things that we want from you. Um, obviously, there's the lighter you are, the help, better it is for us. Um, so I said, it's not an issue. Uh, and then exactly the day after, this was the Tuesday, and then the Wednesday was the first day I had met uh, Rupert. So we went down to... Um, went down to uh, to Chertsey and we did our first assessment, first basis, and then he said, right, this is what you're going to do. Uh, and I remember what Rupert said to me and it was it stuck with me for a long time because it almost kind of triggered me to, to it almost felt like he was saying because of where I was at that point that I wasn't going to do it. He said to me, um, "This is none of this is going to work unless you put the effort in. And it was almost like he was assuming that I wasn't going to do it. So immediately that was... That pissed me off. That's, so I, had, I was going to say that's like red yeah. rag to a bull, isn't it? So, so that 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 wound me up straight away. And from that <laughs> point, then it was no, I no, I'll show you exactly how how much I want this. And and we did. We went and lost a considerable amount of weight, body fat, muscle, all of it, just to be the perfect weight for the car. Uh, and now I'm here and fit and ready. Do you need praise to do to achieve those things, or does that is that by the by? No, it's. Um, it's very much an independent thing. Um, it's, it, all, at the end of the day, it comes, all of this comes down to how much I want something. Uh, not, no one can do it for you. Rupert can't do the training for me. Rupert can't do the diet. Don can't do the uh, psychology. I can't. Only me can do all these things and put it together. So it's very much an independent thing. Uh, and yeah, I just wanted it. I just wanted this much. And I know that this is the opportunity of a lifetime and I need to make it work. Do you ever doubt yourself? No. Not once. Do you think that's what makes you an, an elite athlete? Or do you think that is what makes one no. the top of their game? Is uh, that... No, because there's a difference. There's confidence and there's arrogance. You can think that you are the best and it's completely not true. I know there's fake it till you make it, but at the end of the day, every time I put in a performance, I ask myself, like, why wasn't I this good here? Why was I losing time here? There's always things to improve and you will never stop improving, never stop learning. So yes, I don't doubt myself that one day I can be the ultimate complete package, but there's no denying and there's, there is no there's no way around it that it's going to be a lot of hard work and it's going to be a lot of hours that people aren't going to see where people think you turn up you do the event you do well no it's so many things in the background that you have to do to be the ultimate package which is eventually one day which is what I aspire to be Yeah. but yes I don't doubt that I can get there but I'm not there yet for sure so it's a long way until I get there but it's about putting all the blocks in the right place taking the steps at the right time and then putting it together to be the athlete in the end if you could create your uh your winning team, a car, four car team. Uh, you've got three teammates. Uh, dead or alive, doesn't matter who. Who would it be? It's a tricky one. Um, I'm obviously going to have to say uh, Ford because uh, it's where I was. It's where I was. Uh, I was brought up. So for sure, I would like to have um, Loeb in the team. The experience. Uh, then for me, I would want to have um, the best driver at the moment who I feel is Oit Tanak. And then I would want to have someone that I feel I can work with and progress with at the same level and use almost as like a, not a benchmark, but a driver that can progress with me and someone I could compete against directly, which for me would be uh, Tamir Sunderman. Uh, we've worked together for a few years and 
I enjoy working with him. We're very open in terms of our relationship about the car, uh, and I think that would be a great base. We have the experience of Loeb, and obviously the, the record that he has, the two drivers that are progressing, and then we have the best driver that we need to learn from, and then eventually pass in ability one day. That'd be a great team. Pretty good. Come on, expensive. Malcolm, sort it out. Be yeah. expensive. <laughs> good. Well, anything that you can think of that you haven't been asked that you should be asked? Um, probably uh, my emphasis of not burning yourself out, um, finding time to, to do something that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be, it can be anything. It doesn't have yeah. to be anything important. For me, it's the dogs, but I don't like it when people say I've not stopped doing this and I've not had any time off during winter because it's, it's not true it's just yeah. not, no one works at that level um, for, for they can do for a certain amount of time uh, it's about well, my advice is it's always about finding the right balance but at the end of the day that right balance for me is still probably 98% work yeah. 2% time off but yeah. it needs a balance but also I think that there is I think when you're um, when you work and you're so good at working as hard as you do people are one like you uh, are really good at maximizing the off time as well so feeling like you're properly unwinding rather than this half half most people actually can't stop and they yeah. can't unwind which is why they need more than a day or two yeah. which is why I put the my foundation of the mental aspect in from the beginning I don't have any doubts of my ability or my work ethic uh, which allows me to switch up I think when people have doubts that they've not done enough yeah they try and catch up and yeah. for me I don't feel like that. Um, I'm doing everything I need to do, which gives me the time then to know I can have this day off, I can have these two days off, just to reset my brain and then we go again. Yeah, maximum attack on, maximum attack off. Yeah. Good. Right, well, enjoy. We're at the Autosport Show. Um, I know you've got a busy day ahead of you, so thank you very much, Gus. And thank I you. look forward to seeing you progress and kick total butt this year. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yes, it would.